Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Monday, January 9th, 2023. The weather today will be a high of minus 8 degrees in Edmonton, minus 12 degrees in Saskatoon, and 5 degrees in Toronto. Thank you, Evie. Good morning, everybody. You're broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time on the Podbean app. Go download the Podbean app, follow the show, and you will get notified when we go live every morning. Um, well, I guess Monday through Friday. I always say every morning, but it feels like... Fun fact, did you know that I wanted to do this every morning? <laughs> you don't remember that. You don't remember that? I said that I didn't want to do it just Monday through Friday. I want to do it Monday through Sunday. Uh, I wanted to do it every day, and I wanted to commit to it for the rest of my life. I mean, if if you're going to commit to getting up early every day, that's the way to do it, right? What time do we wake up on the weekend? Well, on Sunday, I woke up at 930. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if we had a show, we would have been up. Normally, six or seven. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, join in the live show. You can listen to all, you know, previously recorded uh, episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you listen to your iTunes or your, your podcasts. Uh, but you know, joining in live is the, is the way to go. That's where you're going to be able to get your questions answered. This is free coaching every morning. Um, all you need to do is get up at six or eight or whatever, you know, time it is, you know, in your, in your time zone and just commit to asking questions every morning. Right. If you want to succeed, you got to be comfortable asking questions. So get your questions out there in the chat or click the call in button. Click the call-in button, call in if you want, or just put it in the chat if you're more comfortable. Um, get those questions, and we will answer them. And, and we're gonna we're gonna do our best today to get all of them answered. If they do get, you know, there's extras, then we'll we'll just we save, them. save them to the next day. I got some saved from last week. Depends how deep we get into the conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yes, but you know, uh, speaking of you know, live and people joining in, who do we got joining us today? I see Eric is here. John's here. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Ken's here. El Ray, Kirsten, Don, yeah. Kathleen, Denis. Uh, John and Matt, Joshua, Courtney. Carlos. Don't take offense to this, but have you been around Denis? I haven't seen Denis's name. I think Denis and Courtney were gone for a few days. <clears throat> You're right. So I missed them. Morning, Johnny Five. I notice. I see Chad's here as well. Good morning, Chad. Good morning, Paul. Chad, who? Chad Bailey. Oh, good morning, Chad. Tyson, it was great meeting you on the weekend. May's here. Yeah, it was great meeting Tyson. Morning, Leo and Alan. Liam. Liam says, goof morning, people. <laughs> oh, so those uh, early three o'clock wake-ups are starting to catch up to him. <laughs> Good morning, Nasir. Yeah, Paul says, kids are back to school today. Damn straight they are. Oh, yeah. Good morning, Garrett. Scotty P, Annette. Yeah. Sean. Morning, Taylor. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, upcoming events. We got things coming up. Do we? Uh, not really. Um, <laughs> well, I I was talking with you about it on the weekend because now that we got this um, this networking event, you know, finished up, we did on Saturday. Now I'm 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 still trying to finalize our next event. Um, I'm trying to get the venue all secured, and. Um, and get a couple of guest speakers to come. Uh, and I also want to do one in Calgary as well. So we're just finalizing the the venues for those, and those will be coming up for February. Um, also, I made a big promise about uh, doing a workshop, um, or more of a boot camp, um, for for buying your first rental property. So we're finalizing that as well. That's probably going to be coming up in, in February. So lots coming up in February. Um, this month... Not so much. Not, so, Not much. so much. Well, we just had a big networking event on Saturday. Yes. 
which we'll talk about in a couple minutes here. Um, March 18th in Calgary, Barry McGuire is putting on a wholesaling um, full day workshop. If you're interested in learning how to wholesale at a live event, because let's be honest, there hasn't been a live workshop for wholesaling in Canada, as far as I can tell, or this side of the country in a very long time. If ever. If ever. So um, that was. Tell us if we're wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. Um, that was, that was requested by, uh, with, with, popular demand. And, um, so that's coming up on March 18th. Uh, go to barrymaguire.ca to register for that. I will be there as well. Uh, like a week later or a little over a week later, I will be in Toronto because Barry is putting on, uh, an agreement for sale workshop in Toronto as well. So if you want to learn how to buy properties with little to no money down with no seller, with no financing, um, you get the seller to carry the mortgage. That's where you want to be. April 1st in Toronto, agreement for sale. Again, go to barrymaguire.ca for that as well. That's what I got coming up. Um, yes, Gabby did mention that we had our uh, REI Masters networking event this past Saturday. Yeah, it was awesome. I think we, so we sold out all 50 tickets and then we had about another 20 or so uh, contact us privately <laughs> to see if they can come. So it was a full house. Yeah. But you know what? It was um, like I like I had predicted when you split everybody up into into rooms, not that we did it purposefully, but mm -hmm. everybody ended up kind of like in a bunch of different rooms um, it until we migrated everybody into the main area to do kind of like the little like not presentation, but presentation portion. Um, it seemed like a good amount of people, like yeah. everybody's just spread out and be like, oh, hey guys over here and oh, hey guys over here. And then everybody came into the one room and it was like, whoa, it just got really loud. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> like, we're like, okay, come on in for a picture, guys. And everyone's like, that's a lot of people <laughs> in there. I'm like, come on, don't be shy. Um, if anyone's awesome. out, if anyone's wondering who, who, got, who got separated to the bathroom, it was Matt Bordian. Who what? Uh, it was, we were wondering, you know, I think you said you get uh, uh, 10 square feet per person. Oh. <laughs> um, so who's going to get the bathroom? Uh, Matt was sharing that with many a people. I, 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 I was on door duty. So I was I was um, uh, greeting people at the door, uh, getting everybody name tags, you know. And uh, anytime I looked down the hall, Matt was there um, with his uh, with, uh, with this not a polka dotted shirt but he had a dotted shirt i could i could see him he's a tall guy he had a shirt um but anytime i looked down I'm like because oh, people were asking and, and i'd be like oh you should go talk to matt anytime i looked down the hallway it was him and he was just like yeah he was monitoring the, the people in the bathroom <laughs> so did he have um like cologne and uh and towelettes and some gum for purchase <laughs> Um, no, he I don't was, know. Who he was, was there? also manning. Yeah, he says uh, manning the or DJ duty. He's also I don't know which bathroom you're talking about, oh, but he was right. also in control of the music in the washer and Bluetooth speaker. So he was monitoring <laughs> both bathrooms. I forgot about that because he was downstairs for a bit at the downstairs <laughs> bathroom, and then he went from there all the way up to DJing the upstairs upstairs bathroom. Because um, we had those um, really cool Bluetooth uh, speakers. Um, for the bathroom fans in the bathroom fans and um it's funny i was actually I was at the bottom of the stairs it was the door and I, I i looked up and i saw him up there and i saw a bunch of people and i'm like oh i'm gonna get them and i didn't know matt i didn't see matt there really and i'm gonna get them so i went and i went on my i hooked up the bluetooth to the speaker and i was ready to play some whitney houston and so i'm, I'm setting it all up and whatever and then i'm looking up there and i i don't see anyone reacting and I'm like, are they talking that fucking loud that they can't hear it? And and I just, you know, try again, try again. I'm like, no, what's going on? Everything else. And I walk up there and he already had the music playing. So <laughs> it, it wouldn't connect. But uh, I, yeah. yeah, I told him I was trying to play some Whitney Houston. He's like, no, I've already I've been DJing already. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, very great event. Um, lots of I got to meet lots of new people, got to see lots of people. Um, Josh and Trammy uh, flew in from from Vancouver. Totally awesome. Mm -hmm. It was great to uh, meet Trammy. We've met we've met Josh before because he came out for um, was it the AFS course here in yeah. Edmonton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to meet their little kiddos too. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And we had some like some people drive in. Lori drove down from Fort Mac. Yeah. Um, Kyler drove up from Red Deer. Uh, I don't. That, those are the two that they told me that they, where they came from. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, it was a great event. It was awesome. Um, we had to kick everybody out eventually. Uh, on the on that topic, you know, we've talked a lot about this in the, in you know the weeks coming up to that event, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna reiterate it again. Networking is so powerful. <laughs> And so valuable. You have you have no idea. Um, and it's not just one thing where like, oh, go to an event to make sure you find your next partner, or go to an event to find your, you know your next contractor or whatever. It's like it's it's the community, it's the friendships that are developed. Um, once you start building a better you know network or circle around you, you'll find that like you know some of your other friends maybe they're not as valuable anymore. And 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 that's you know I, I don't want that for anyone. I don't want everyone to like you know, lose their besties. But as you develop as an entrepreneur and as you develop as a real estate investor, um, you're going to learn that you need to make sure that you surround yourself with people that empower you, that don't hold you back. And when you don't know anyone like that, what you, what you, what you naturally do is you start looking at the people within your circle already and start like picking the ones that you want to hang around the most. So like, who's the best out of the bad bunch. Right. And I don't, it's just, it's, I find it that it's, it impedes you. It's impeding. It, like it's, I don't know. From from personally, like the amount the amount of time it took me to like shed all those friends that weren't providing me any value to, to my not not to my business or anything, just to my life. Yeah, you know what I mean. The ones that weren't supporting me, the ones that were preventing me from doing the hard things, mm-hmm. whether that be you know, whether that be directly or indirectly because sometimes you know you try and do something and 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 your friends and your family are just like they're right in your face telling you it's a dumb idea or they say things other times it's like in your mind you're 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 afraid of what they're gonna think and and maybe they don't even say anything at all but you know you've tried something before in the past and someone said something and now you've got this thing where like you won't do anything like that again because you don't want to experience that again so you know what i mean like it's it's like an indirect they didn't do anything wrong and a lot and a lot of these friends and family that you know that we're talking about you know potentially cutting out they're not bad people but in order to be successful you need to you need to have the best like it's kind of like food Right. How what you ingest, you know, determines, you know, how healthy you are, whether you can run that extra kilometer or whether, you know, um, whether it's good for you, whether it's bad for you. Right. And like you're the people around you is is the exact same thing. Yeah, they're a major influence on you. I mean, I know that over the years, um, a big learning lesson for me, like throughout my 20s was the realization that um, as my friends changed, um, I, I didn't realize it at the time, but my personality changed and sometimes it wasn't for the better. And so, you know, you, it, what's that saying that like you are, help me out, Wayne. Um. <laughs> like you are the sum of the closest five people around you, not the sum, but like yeah, whatever. Yeah, the five, yeah. five closest friends, yeah. Anyways, it's, it's true. You ad- adapt, like or adopt their like mannerisms and their sayings. Oh, Kirsten says you are what you eat. You are what you eat. Thanks, Kirsten. <laughs> so helpful. <laughs> um, yeah, and 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 sometimes you don't realize it until you've kind of removed yourself from the situation. You're like, wow, I don't like who I was when I hung out with that person. Yeah, yeah. I've certainly experienced that. Do you ever? Um, oh man, I'm going pretty deep into some stuff, and we haven't. Uh, we, uh, let's take a quick little commercial break, and I'll get back to this in a second. Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI Properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right. No sloppy seconds from DCI. No sloppy seconds. (laughs) So if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers, or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. 
And we're back. Uh, as I was saying, um, you know, you think back to like when you're in school and how maybe, I don't know, for like I, I went to a lot of different schools, so I had, I made a lot of new friends. And, and maybe I noticed this a lot more than other people because maybe, you know, Gabby, for example, she went to, you know, kindergarten and she hung out with the same people all the way through grade 12. Yep. Um, a few new people came and, you know, went, but more or less it was the same core of friends. For me, I made a new core of friends every year, year and a half. So I was, I, I personally liked it. Gabby and I have this debate a lot about, uh, I liked it because it gave me an opportunity to really audit who I was. And if I didn't like who, you know, the per type of person that was becoming because of the certain group that I was with, I could, I could change it. I could, I could basically, when I meet a new group of people, I can just become a new person. You know what I mean? And I don't know, it's kind of, it's empowering to think about that. If you think about that as an adult, you know, who you are is not necessarily, you're not necessarily in set in stone. You know what I mean? You have, you have the ability to, to, to change or to, to develop, you know, keep the things that you like and, and get rid of the things you don't and, and become the best version of yourself. But even as a kid, like if you remember, like even let's go first day of high school, you know, and you didn't know anyone, you know, and then you just like, you gravitate towards someone or the, the path of least resistance, whoever's, you know, the most comfortable with letting you sit at the table or they're like, you know, Hey, you know, are you new here? Yeah, I'm new here. Or you're like, you, you pair up with the person who, who clearly doesn't know anyone else either. And then that person becomes your best friend for the next four years. You know what I mean? But the way that they are and what they do, you know, completely influences you mm -hmm. and the type of person you are, the way that you talk, the way that you, you know, you, um, you deal with confrontation the way that you know what I mean everything if they join the curling team you're joining the curling team because they're with you and suddenly you're a curler you know you weren't born to love curling but you know it just happened right or the football team or whatever and you know if, if your friend smoked you probably went to the smoke pit and you know your mom and dad for you know your whole girl as you, you know your whole childhood said never smoke never smoke never smoke never smoke and then you know but you're there and they're like come on pussy have just try it and then you did and then next thing you know you know that's a gateway drug right and then next thing you know you're smoking pot and, and like how did i get to this point in my life well it was that it was your friends that influenced you right yep and you know maybe i went to a little bit more of a dramatic extreme there but that's that's the truth so when you think about that kind of stuff and you think about the people you're hanging out with they do have a, a, a severe influence on you and nobody wants to be fucking lonely Right. You think about like, I don't want to hang around those people, but at the same time, I don't know anybody else. And I don't want to go through that whole experience of like, what am I going to do? Go to a bar and ask someone to be my new friend. Those are just your friends, right? They've been your friends for years. Nobody wants to be fucking lonely. So you don't and you stay with them, even though they're having a huge effect on you. So the solution in a long winded way of saying this is to go to networking events. <laughs> <laughs> Go to networking events and meet people that you want to hang around with. Meet the right type of people who are like excited about your shit. You know what I mean? And you say like, hey, I'm starting this new short-term rental business. Holy fuck. That's awesome, man. Right? Those are the kind of people you want around you. As opposed to, you know, your, your dumb friend, I don't know, Ron, who, you know, you said that to and they're like, oh, what about if there's another pandemic? You know, they're going to shut it down again, right? You know, they're going to fucking, they're going to start making us wear masks again. Next thing you know, all your short-term rentals are going to be empty. And, you know, what are you going to do then? Huh? How are you going to pay for all that? Right? Ron ain't fucking helping you at all. And maybe maybe, maybe Ron's right. You know, maybe maybe Ron has, some, has a good point. But, you know, it's the way that he approaches you about it and the way that you handle it as well. You know, maybe that is a very valid point. That is a huge risk with short-term rentals right now especially if you're doing like a rental arbitrage thing with short-term rentals where you're locking into leases that you are obligated to pay with high expenses and the cash flow is pretty minimal, but you know, it's a, it's a great deal. Um, that is, that is probably the number one risk for people right now. And the, the number one thing that people are considering with short-term rentals, but it's, but it's the way that he approached it, Ron, you know, instead of saying, well, what if this happens? Maybe if you worded it in a way thinking like, oh, you know, have you considered, you know, the, the short term rental thing? Maybe, you know, you might want to put some measures in place to make sure that that doesn't happen. Or maybe, you know, I'd, I'd probably put like a reserve in place or something like that to make sure that you had, you know, some extra months covered in case they do shut it down again. But it's the way that you approach it, the way you speak about it. You know what I mean? That 
that determines whether you just like you give up on the idea or, you know, are they, you know, are they helping you find a solution to that potential risk? Right. It's like, I literally, I, it took a long time for me to do it. And Gabby knows, and I've told this story a lot on the podcast. Um, it took a long time for me to shed all those friends. And I kept a little core of friends for a little while there. And they were mostly like Xbox buddies. Um, Cause I, you know, I like when I'm, when I got my downtime, I like to play video games. Mm-hmm. Um, just to, to clear my head, to, to shut everything off because I I'm literally, a, I'm a real estate investor all the time. There's no like nine to five. It's like literally wake up to, to bedtime. And sometimes it's a little hard to get to sleep when you've got that much stuff on your mind and you can't leave work at work. And so, you know, games are just, you know, the way that I like to disconnect. And I know a lot of other people, they got their things. Um, but, you know, when you're playing Xbox, you kind of want like guys to play with. And those are the guys that were always on in the evenings. And you, But just you know, I'm not even hanging out with them. They're in like my party chat and my headphones. And it's just like it gets to you. You start, you know, second guessing things that you do. And, and um, it took a long time for me to cut those guys out. But I eventually just did like root and stem um, one day. And um, it, that was like the last thing that I needed in order to just be myself. Mm-hmm. Right. And not have to worry about what people are thinking about me. Now, I literally don't give a shit what people think about me. Which is so amazing. It's it's liberating. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, and it is. It is very liberating. We'll hear that, like, you know, somebody will tell us, "Oh, did you know that so and so is talking shit about you guys or whatever?" It's like, ah, whatever. Fuck them and fuck their em. dog. Yeah. <laughs> Not their dog. Their dog didn't. Their yeah, their dog didn't do anything. Yeah. But fuck them. Like, yeah. Who cares? Their car. Yeah, (laughs) definitely their car. (laughs) I want you guys to think about all that. I know it's, you know, it was a long winded way of making a point, but when you understand that it's, it's going to make going to networking events that much more meaningful and valuable. And, you know, if you're on the edge of like, you know, just about ready to leave, but you're like, Oh my God. I just had like the longest night and my stomach's kind of hurting and you know what I mean? And I really don't want to go, go, just fucking go. And I, if you don't like talking to people, just fucking go. Um, I promise you, if you go to one, the first one's going to suck. And I watched some people um, kind of walking around and I could just see that they're struggling. Very um, uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. And I, I mentioned it last week as well. And Gabby made fun of me for it, but like, I'm very uncomfortable in those situations too. I don't like it. It's not like, it's not like the number one thing that I'd like to do, um, but I know the value of it. And the first time it, it's a little hard and you're going to go, you know, kind of slowly slide into a group and you're going to listen. You're going to nod your head. You're going to shake a hand. You're going to get a name, a business card. You'll add them to social. You'll follow them a little bit. But then the next time you go next month, because we hold them every month, um, next time you or, or wherever, like whatever networking event you go to, next time you go there, you're going to see that person again. No, naturally, like, Rule of thumb is you're not supposed to, um, not supposed to go, you know, meet up with the same people at the networking event. You should be meeting new people. But at the very least, if you can kind of like hop over to that person and a new group is formed and another person comes into that group, at least you're comfortable enough to know that, you know, Jim is still there, right? Hey, Jim, how's it going? Oh, it's going good, man. How are you? How'd that thing go with your short-term rental business? Oh, you know what? I ran into a bit of a roadblock, a little hiccup, but I got her all sorted. Um, Now the only thing I got to work on is this. Oh, you should try this. Have you talked to this person? Oh, no, I haven't. Thank you so much, Jim. And someone comes in. Hi, I'm, I'm Carol Baskins. And, and you go, Hey, Carol. And, uh, nice to meet you. I, I, I feel like I know your name from somewhere. Um, have we met before? No, 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 no. And, and Carol goes on to tell you about this bird project she's working on. And then you met Carol, you know what I mean? And the next time you go to an event, Carol Baskins is there and, 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 and Jim is there and, and you know what I mean? Like it, it gets easier. It gets easier. And, and it, not just because these new people, you know, that that just came in your life are there and you kind of know somebody now, but also just like meeting, meeting new people is, you know, it, it gets easier after you've done it a bunch of times. You know what I mean? You start developing, you know, your little one liners, your icebreakers and stuff like that. And, and you start figuring out how to get people to talk. You know what I mean? You get more comfortable talking to people about what you going on, what you got going on. Um, it, it just gets easier. So, um, 
I thought this was important to talk about today because I, I just, I know how hard it is for people to get out and do it. And I remember what it was like for me when I got started. And I remember what it was like for Gabby when she got started. And um, it's, I, I promise you it's worth it. Um, I'm just getting through comments now. Annette is saying, I've cycled through friends every five to 10 years since high school. Um, I've often felt bad about it, but you just validated it. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, you know, I, it reminds me of a story. I'm going into stories today. I'm in story mode. Let me take a sip of my coffee. <laughs> I wonder if they can hear that. Um, I, I remember... <laughs> I don't know if this is relevant to this or not, but it just right when 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 she said that, and I thought about what I was saying, it just reminded me of it. I, I have a cousin, um, a cousin I don't speak to, not that I don't want to, I just don't. Um, he's just not part of my circle. Um, I remember in high school, um, he used to. So I, I lived um, with my aunt and uncle uh, during high school, um, and uh, so my my two cousins. Or their kids. One had moved out. The other one was two years ahead of me. The one two years ahead of me was always around. And we were just good buddies. Um, the older one, he was about three or four years ahead. Um, so he was kind of like, you know, the guy that, you know, he, like, he, you know, he did really well in, in school with like friends and stuff like that, social and everything else. And, um, but he didn't really apply himself really much to school. And uh, he was like a very good indication of like, a good reference of like, if you don't do well in school, this is what you're going to turn out like. <laughs> um, so like, it was, it was nice to have, like, they were very good role models, <laughs> but not like good ones. Um, but they were like good references for, for uh, show you what to or what not to do, <laughs> show what to do and what not to do. Cause like, you know, when you see people ahead of you and you're like, you think it's all okay, it's okay. I'll get a job, whatever. And then they, you know, you see them ahead of you when they don't have a job. It's like, um, it was, it was a good, um, Motivator. Motivator, yeah. Uh, whether it helped or didn't help. <laughs> um, but I remember there was one uh, uh, afternoon I came home from school. And, you know, my, my aunt and uncle were never home when I got there. They were still at work. And uh, he was out in the backyard. And he was, like, strumming guitar and, and smoking a cigarette in, in the back patio. And um, <laughs> I don't know. He's, like, maybe he just wanted to give me, like, a life lesson that day. But, you know, I had my little computer room, which is the back of the house. And then it was like a four level split. So like a back door was right next to it. And I heard him strumming and the window was open. And it was like a, smoke was coming in. It was like pissed off. I'm going to close the window. And um, I just kind of went out and said, hi. And and uh, just asked him what's going on. And he goes, oh, I'm just waiting for my parents and whatever. And you want to come jam with me? And I'm like, oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just going to just uh, go play poker or something like that. And uh, I don't know what, what possessed him to say this, but he's just like, he was kind of like had these like tears in his eyes. And he's... Um, he just told me that, like, I think I was going to play fr uh, poker with friends or something like that. And he's like, you know, just want you to know that those friends that you have there, you know, they're not going to mean that much to you in the future. He just randomly tells me this. <laughs> and I'm 17 or whatever, 16. And I'm like, uh, yeah, sure, whatever. And he's like, just know that, like, all of your friends that you think are your best friends right now are not going to be around in the future. They will not be there for you. They're going to go to school. They're going to get married. They're going to leave you and they're not going to hang out with you anymore. So just figure that out right now. It was very valuable. It was a very valuable lesson. But at that time, I thought he was just like drunk on the back patio or something. Um, but he was right. I, and I always looked at that. I'm like, I always thought that these friends were just going to be with me for the rest of my life, but they weren't. They all went to school. They all, you know, got engaged and stuff like that and and they're not part of your life anymore and and the the listeners that are listening to the show it, it's not going to apply to you because you're well past that but you know it's a valuable lesson for your kids as well if you can find a way to to get that through to them is that like the, the friends that you do develop in school do you really they don't they don't really follow you through life except for your friends and family i guess well wayne i was gonna say that that's um and i was just, i was thinking about this like uh i don't know 15 minutes earlier in the conversation um about you know you said that you moved school a lot and you got to kind of like determine who you wanted to be and, mm -hmm. and really develop that and i think that that in itself really helps determine um 
who you are because you became very personable. You don't have trouble having conversations, meeting new people, those types of things. I was able things. to adapt to different. Yeah, you you became adaptable. Whereas I just had the same friends literally from play school through to graduation, and that like call it a comfort zone, right? So mm-hmm. meeting new people for me is hard. I have hard time strumming up conversation and like those types of things. It it really kind of like shapes you. Those are like really important years to kind of learn skills and those types of things. So, um, but also, you know, having the same friends from play school all the way through graduation means I had, uh, I don't know, call it like 18 years of forming like unbreakable friendship with the people that I was closest to and that I'm, I still like, I have a call scheduled with um, my three best friends on Friday. We're all getting together to have a call on Friday night. And so, um, and I used to hear that all the time too. I think that every single person in here right now or who listens to this uh, remembers being told or telling their kids that, you know, these people that you're friends with, you know, you're going to lose touch with them. Like that was such a common thing to hear yeah. from adults growing up is that you're going to lose touch with them. You're going to lose touch with them. And then boom, insert Facebook, insert social media. And all of a sudden you're like forever connected, even if you don't want to be. Yeah. And so it's like this, this different dynamic, like, yes, I completely agree with what you're saying that like the influence of these people isn't going to matter. And these three best friends that I have from growing up, I don't talk to them all the time. They're not like active, active members of my life. Like yeah. we get together on calls every once in a while. We see each other maybe once a year, once every three years. And um, they're super fucking important to me, but they're not part of my everyday influencing my decisions, my conversations, the things going on in my head. Um, I don't care about ever what they're going to think of me because I know that they'll just support me through whatever. Like, so it's just like a different, it's, it's, it's not you, like you're lucky. I am lucky. Well, yeah, sure. I don't use luck. You know, I don't use the <laughs> word luck very loosely. Um, but, um, I, I mean, I hope that I was cool is... enough that like I, I, I made it so that, yeah, hell yeah. I want to be friends with her. <laughs> you're just so cool that, yeah, they can't quit you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, I guess what I'm saying is that it's, um, it is possible, improbable, but possible. Well, that wasn't where I was going with that. I was going to oh. say that just like there's so many influences that um, come and go, and that really you need to determine who you want to be in the life that you want because one person, even if it's a parent, it doesn't matter what they want you to do or what they want your life to look like. Mm-hmm. Like their their job is to instill kindness and determination and and grit, like to, to, to set you up for success yeah. and then to let you go and figure out what you want out of your life. Interesting. And that's, you know, I've, I've heard different quotes about this, about the, you know, the, you know, the, the video that the people talk about some friends are with you for a lifetime and sometimes some people are with you um, just for a short period. I can't remember how it all goes, but um, you know, I, I think that everyone should be thinking about that today. I think everyone should be thinking about who do I need in my life right now in order to get over this obstacle to get this outcome completed? Because each and every one of you that are listening has an obstacle in your way from completing an outcome that you want, that you want, right? And you may say, I want a million dollars and I want a car and I want, you know, a thousand properties, whichever. But normally there's an obstacle in, in, in your way just from getting started, right? Mm-hmm. You haven't you haven't raised one dollar yet. Because you're like, oh, I have I can't raise money because no one's take no one, no one will take me seriously because how why would they invest with me? It's a huge obstacle. And the obstacle is, you know, um self-confidence and belief and hope. Um, because you need to have a little bit of confidence in yourself, but also you need to, to have a belief that it will actually work, that you are capable of it. And then you throw in all the excuses of, I don't know how, and I, I you know, I, I don't even, you know, think that someone would and all that other BS. Um, so that's a huge obstacle right now. And you should be thinking about, I know it's, 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 it's a small part of what you need in order to, to get around this obstacle or get over this obstacle. But one of the one of the key parts is is who you have surrounding you. Who's your cheerleaders? So I, 
you know, that might be something worth thinking about today. Like who, who, not necessarily who do I not need around me, but who do I need around me right now in order to, to, to get over this obstacle. Mm-hmm. Now, those same people that you need right now might not be the same people that you need for the next obstacle mm-hmm. or the next outcome. Right. And you need, you need to be okay with having people in your life and then removing them from your life in order to achieve your, your outcomes that eventually will get you to your goals. Don't use and abuse people. <laughs> no, don't, you know, don't be a dick. But at the same time, it's your life. Yeah. And if I may also insert a different exercise, as I, I did finally look up and I put uh, the quote that I was trying to think of earlier into the chat. Um, but it was Jim Rohn who said, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And so those people who you spend the most time with really shape who you are because they determine the conversations that dominate your attention. Mm. And so I think that a really cool exercise right now could be determining who are those five people that I'm spending the most time with. Is it family members? Is it friends? Is it coworkers? Like who are the five people that you spend the most time with? And then think about what kind of conversations are you guys having? What kind mm-hmm. of influences are they having in your life? And like have an honest conversation with yourself. Maybe get out a pad of paper and write down those five people and then write down who are they? Uh, what are their beliefs? What do they always bring up when I'm with them? Um, that type of thing. And then ask yourself, is this beneficial to my life or is it a detriment? And if it's a detriment, I mean, like Wayne and I have a little bit of a different approach for this. He's just like, cut him. <laughs> Whereas I just think like spend less time with them. Like don't like limit the amount of time you spend with them or when you are with them, try to control where the conversations are going. If they start talking about, you know, um, politics again and how the doom and gloom of all this stuff that's happening and you know that that's a negative influence to you, try to control the conversation. Like I remember when I used to go home to BC because my family was all in BC. So for for like holidays and stuff, when I would come home, I would walk in the door and we would have like family dinners and I'd be like, Kate, no one's allowed to talk about politics tonight. And like, I would let it be known. Yeah, that like, because I knew where those conversations would go, everybody would get into a fight, somebody would like. (laughs) And so it's just like, you can also control what happens when you're around those people. So you don't need to cut off your mom out of your life, because she's super negative and, and never has anything. Some of you do. Yeah, some of you might, but you can also just start controlling that or have honest conversations with them about how it impacts you. Yeah. Yeah. And if they don't, then, you know, you can limit the exposure. Um, I have a very limited relationship with a lot of people in my family. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's because I'm a little more hardcore than most. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the type of guy that, you know, that doesn't like his Xbox. So he throws it in the garbage, beats it up with a hammer and throws it in the garbage. So I saw someone mention that in the comments there. Yeah. Aren't you the guy that threw his Xbox? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm that guy. <laughs> Didn't you throw it? Smashed it. <laughs> I <laughs> I made sure I couldn't get it back out of the garbage. <laughs> um, like I had some sort of a, a problem. I, and it, it, it can be. But uh, I like everything that you said there, Gab. It's, um, and, I, and I remember I remember the quotes it was, um, that I was referring to as well. And um, some say that people enter our lives for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And what's meant by that is for a reason – Um, this is like a a short lived relationship, you know, something that like brings you benefit. Wayne, when you say that, I think of the guy that you came across on that shutdown that brought up real estate investing. 100%. That person came into your life for a reason. Yeah, it came into my life for a reason. It helps you with a specific difficulty you're facing, either intentionally or unintentionally. So, you know, they come into your life, but they're not meant to stay in your life. They're just there to help you for a reason. Um, Seasonal people, this is when a relationship like kind of get you through a certain period of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, it lasts for like a period of time. It brings you joy and growth. But And you might learn a lot from the relationship, but it eventually ends, right? And I think by, by having these, these, these definitions, it helps you define, you know, who these people are. And sometimes I, I find that having a, a, being able to define it makes it a little bit easier to grasp and to, to um, 
to to come to terms with yeah. rather than just feeling like, you know, a bad person. Like Gabby yeah. said, don't, you know, she didn't say it, but I said, you know, don't be a dick. You know, don't just like use people just for whatever it is, whatever value they have for you. Um, but, you know, people are resources, you know. <laughs> well, on the flip side of that, looking at that a little bit differently, like you can think of it as like a relationship ending. And, you know, sometimes somebody might be at like the lowest point of their life thinking they just lost the love of their life. But like what happened in that season that they were with you? Like what growth did you experience? What lessons did you learn? Mm -hmm. What like to be able to think back and say, okay, this was a season. Um, What impact did it have on my life that I want to either bring forward with me or release? Yeah. Um, and it, not just a relationship, it could be like a friendship ending really badly, like something happened and and now you're like friends off. Holy shit, what just happened? Yeah. Okay. What happened in that season? What can I take from there? What can I leave from there? What have I learned? You if know? you, you know, if you're at your next stage of metamorphosis and, you know, you're, you're going from, you know, the cocoon to the larva, whichever it is, you know, or, or somebody correct me on my, <laughs> my caterpillar metamorphosis. <laughs> I think it might have been backwards. Yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> but, you know, like whatever stage you're, 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 you know, you're cracking out of the cocoon or you're about to, you know, you're about to let your, you know, your wings um, flap. It's it's seasonal. And, and if you want to get to that next stage, the people that hung out with you in the previous season or the people that were important to you in the previous season are no longer important to you. And, you know, you can still be nice and you can still greet them and, you know, good day. How are you? But that doesn't mean that, you know, you are obligated to them. You know, I need to stay with them. And I think as long as you you do it in an honorable way, you cannot, whether that be telling them or whether that be showing them that you're at a different stage of your life and, 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 and that no longer applies. Um, if they're good people, they'll understand. Mm-hmm. Right. If if they're if they're bad people, then well, it just goes to show why you're not around them, right? Yeah. And the last the last example that I was I was saying earlier is um, people that are with you for a lifetime, and this is you know a relationship that lasts a lifetime. This is the example that Gabby was giving about just friends that are you know there, and maybe they're not in your life at all times because you know the their personalities, their character, what they provide for you does not apply on a daily basis, right? However, those are the people that you know that will always support you, that if you call them crying or if you call them and you just need someone to listen and not necessarily, you know, something that's like specific to like, oh my God, this multifamily deal fell through. I don't know what I'm going to do. Those are the type of people that are just there for you. They don't know the solution, right? And those are 100% my, my best friends that I grew up with. Yeah. Yeah. I could call them at any time and they are supportive. They are my cheerleaders, um, even though I barely talk to them. <laughs> when I do, they're my cheerleaders. And when I see them, it's like no time has passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, jo- Josh says, uh, sad to say, I think I spend more time with my coworkers, the guys I carpool with. They are not interested in investing at all. Trucks, boats, fishing, and snowmobiles. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Don says, and the lifetime with people has seasons as well. The relationship doesn't stay the same. Oh, just disappeared here. The relationship doesn't stay the same, like with parents, siblings, and some friends. Yeah. So lifetime, those lifetime relationships can change. They can go through their own seasons, but at the end of the day, they're always, they're always with you. Mm -hmm. Cody was saying, that's interesting. I never analyzed it before. Uh, Cody moved around, uh, did move to different schools a lot as well. Um, it led me to just being friends with everyone, but not extremely close with any one friend like that lifelong bond. Mm-hmm. I'm the same way. I don't have any lifelong friends. Yeah. And I kind of like, I, I like me personally, I kind of like it. And Gabby and I have debated, debated about this a lot. Cause like, uh, just as parents, you know, me just trying to be, I don't know, call me a helicopter dad, but like, you know, I'm like, you know what? We should change schools for the kid. I think it'd be good for her <laughs> <laughs> before she gets too attached to anyone. Cause he, like, you know. I, I just, I'm aware enough to know what happens when kids. Isn't that being a through. pessimist though? No. Being a realist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've just, I've just watched enough. I, I watch, I pay attention to people. I pay attention to how things, why things are the way that they are to have the best control or best, you know, the best likelihood and probability of life. And 
as a parent, you got to monitor who your kids are hanging out with. Mm-hmm. Um, because as you can tell, just one friend, you know, add a new friend into her group and suddenly she's talking a little bit differently. It is, a, it is influencing her and in, in her growth and her development. Yeah. Right. And, you know, at that particular age, if any of you guys got kids between, I don't know, six and 12, they get a new friend and their, their friend who's super cool and funny and, you know, uh, influencing and, and, you know, charming, charismatic says, oh man, I fucking hate math. Kid comes home, suddenly they hate math. You know what I mean? They're at the dinner table and you're like, oh, so you want to do your math homework after school, after dinner? Oh man, I fucking hate math. Like, Who <laughs> fucks this kid? Because <laughs> their cool charismatic friend said that. You know what I mean? As simple as that. And then, you know, that's the type of thing that, you know, most people, will literally, they'll define themselves for the rest of their life saying, oh man, I hate math. They will, you'll, you'll catch them in your fucking lunchroom when it's like time to like, you know, problem solve something, you know, your electrician and it's like suddenly you need to go back to, you know, the, you know, calculate something for some, you know, complicated problem. And, and they're like, oh, I guess we're going to have to pull out that old formula. And then, you know, old Daryl says, oh man, I fucking hate doing math because some cool kid said it in grade two. And he's just like, literally that's, he's been carrying that around with him in his back pocket for fucking 43 years. Tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) I watch people do this. They define themselves as fucking, I'm Sagittarius. I don't do that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was, um, coming from a, a small community and, you know, like my class that I grew up with and graduated with was like 35 people. So our, and our school was like. 230 or something like that from grade seven to 12. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I I come from a smaller community. So I, I always had like pockets of friends, like I had my best friends, but like I got you kind of get along with everybody, like everybody knows everybody, there isn't mm-hmm. like people in your school that you're like, Oh, who's that? Like, you literally know everybody. And so I had pockets of friends. And like, when I hung out with like a different group of friends, like I did bad things. Yeah. <laughs> when I hung out with, you know, the better group of friends, I w- was a, a better person. But like, I also was a little bit of a, uh, in a, in a minor way, like a little bit of a badass. And I became labeled by a lot of my like goody friends by their parents as a bad influence. Yeah. Um, because sometimes I dyed my hair black. Sometimes I wore, um, dark clothes sometimes, you know, like all those like little things that like parents are like, oh my God, like they're going to, you know, whatever. And like, I remember one of my best friends came home uh, from my house and she had dyed her hair like a really dark brown because I was always dyeing my hair. Like my hair was every color of the rainbow, every shade, every, everything. Mm -hmm. And she came home. 50 shades um, of Gabby. Yeah. (laughs) Like people used to come over before like school dances and like we would like bleach all the boys hair and we would like everybody, like everybody always came over to my house to dye their hair. Gabby, can you dye my hair? And so my, my, well, and Bestie went home with like dark brown hair one day and like her dad lost his shit. She's still one of my best friends and like uh, her dad, I think he has a love hate relationship with me, but he loves me still. And, um, but I was labeled as that. And I think like, I am a really fucking good person Mm -hmm. and I have a really pure heart of gold. And I think that like labeling people as they're growing and figuring themselves out and like going through that can be really detrimental. It can cause a lot of mental health problems. It can cause like just everything. And I think that we need to give people, um, I think like, a little bit of space and time and like as parents i think remove some of those labels that the school system can put on us and those types of things mm-hmm. like i think that if your kid comes home and says like oh i fucking hate math because so and so said that math sucks um you know just like ch- just try to support them and guide them don't be like well that friend's shit <laughs> don't tell me you had a parent Gabby. <laughs> because well i just like i feel it from from the the side of of things where I just like I got labeled as a bad influence and so like people literally like I, I remember my one ca- friend Carrie her dad thought that I was just the worst influence and sometimes she couldn't hang out with me were you no I don't think so are you just like looking for like an <laughs> apology <laughs> no I'm not I, I I can understand that it's um 
it, it just all goes to show the, the, the point of today that's, you know, that the people around you have a, a heavy influence on you. Yeah. And there was something that uh, Nat just shared a little while ago. She said, I moved a lot and, um, and I'd be, I had to open up because we moved so much. So it was hard to make friends until high school. So she had to, Mm-hmm. to basically learn how to, you know, go about doing that. But it, she said, it also taught me to think for myself and didn't, and not to follow the crowd. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, like I said, in the beginning, for a lot of you, you probably didn't even recognize that first encounter of like, you don't even remember the first time, you know, meeting that friend. And maybe you do. You're like, oh, we were all sitting around um, playing heads up, seven up in kindergarten. And then, you know, you touch the person and suddenly they became your friend. And it's like, oh, well, I remember that. But like, you never had to go, you didn't, you didn't wake up the next day to go to a new school and then have to play heads up, seven up again. You know what I mean? It's just like that one time. So it's hard for a lot of people to, to really focus in on this. But I paid attention to it because I remember first grade, second grade. I'm like, oh man, like first day. And I remember like meeting someone and then like you hang out with that person and, and please don't judge me for saying this, but you know, you hang out with someone and you know, they're, let's say for example, uh, for example, they're, you know, rejected by the, the other crowds and then you are automatically associated with them. And then suddenly you're rejected by other crowds and you're like, this does not feel fucking good. I really wish I hadn't said hi to that person. As much as I'd love to say, like, you know, we could have control, I could have controlled that situation. It's grade two for fuck's sakes. It's grade three. Like, like kids are, kids are dicks. Kids are assholes and there's no way to stand up to people. You know, it's not like now where you can just punch them in the face at a bar because you, you know, you got confidence now at that age, you're scared shitless. Right. And you get your ass kicked and maybe you do fight back. They're just going to be back there tomorrow and you got to deal with them for the next seven months, every fucking day. And you can't hide from it. It's scary. Mm-hmm. Right. So when I went into grade three at a different school, I'm like, I'm going to be a little more cautious about who I hang out with. You know what I mean? And you in grade four or five, you know, at new school and that, you know, and, and you just start to develop skills about how to connect with people. And, you know, looking back on it, it, it doesn't sound great when I say it out loud, but like these are all the skills that you need to develop when you're walking into a room and you want to connect with people, whether that be for sales, whether that be for networking, you know what I mean? Finding a way to connect with someone very quickly and easily find a common interest or common ground to be able to to build trust with them very quickly to have an influence on them or to make them a part of your circle is a skill is a skill that most people when they go into these networking rooms they don't have yeah. oh i always have trouble at networking events but then you see some people they walk in the room and everyone gravitates towards them and nobody knows them talk about you know i was talking about that recently it was like i've, I have some friends that like how, how, why do things just happen for you i don't know man life's just good i'm blessed shut the fuck <laughs> up and tell me how you did that and, like some people just will walk into a room and everyone will go run over and hug to them hug them why what is it that you have it's a, it's a developed skill it's something that they do right i'm obsessed with it and that's why I think about all those times that like, okay, what worked when I was in grade two? What worked when I was in grade four? Those are some of the best years of my life when I had those friends there. But then I went to a new school and it, and it didn't work out. And it's hard to, it's hard to change groups after you've already, you know, been in a group because like, you know, you can't change, you can't call your dad and say, Hey man, can I change schools? <laughs> no, you're stuck there for a while, right? But you can as an adult. That's the cool thing. As an adult, you can. You can just stop hanging out with those people. Yeah. So there, there is a you know a light at the end of the tunnel to know that you know those people that you've been thinking about and you know that you're going to start thinking about today and this week. You know, all it takes is for you to just not hanging out with them anymore. Yeah. Stop answering and your I, texts. Yeah, and I and I said earlier that like you don't just need to like cut them off like Wayne said, but you know there has been like I can think clearly of like two friendships that I had in my life that were um severely impacting my mental health just the negativity or the uh the dependence on me and those sorts of things uh became overwhelming for me to the point where it was a little a literal what did you call it root and stem stem and root cut them root and stem pull, yeah pull pull it right out of the ground toss it um i i have had to do that so you need to know for yourself you know what kind of relationships you have in your life and and what is required mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah not not with another uh interesting thing here uh she said tell people they have cool shoes 
<laughs> which is funny because I was actually doing that to the kids, um, Josh's kids there on, on Saturday. I was telling them how cool their shoes were. Did you notice that? <laughs> oh, yeah, I do actually. Yeah. Right at the end there. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a great way to connect with people is telling them they have cool shoes. And, and I also just admire people who keep their shoes clean. <laughs> um, I don't know, just call it a personal thing. Um, I just know that first impressions are really important. And when I leave the house with certain shoes on, I'm like, I, I think about how I'm going to be perceived. Um, but sometimes it's just like, I want to wear my comfy dad sketchers. Like, I don't want to wear the uncomfortable shoes. Um, my back is sore. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, the ability to, to take the time to, to, to buy new shoes and to keep them clean is, is you know, something is people are, are going to notice. And they might not notice consciously, but they will notice subconsciously about how you carry yourself. And those those three kids had the same shoes and they were all really nice shoes. And I'm like, you know what? I admired their parents for being able to keep their new shoes clean. <laughs> so anyways, Josh and Trammy, I, I took notice. Well done. Um, <laughs> there, but what Nat was saying, I, I remember uh, I went to an event uh, a year or two ago. Um, and uh, a guy came up to me and just like a really, really nice infectious smile, made eye contact with me, shook my hand, made me feel, you know what I mean? Made me like talk about like that, that effect that some people can have. Mm -hmm. And uh, eye contact, smiled, genuinely wanted to say hi to me and to talk to me um, that they didn't need to. And uh, they said, hey, I just wanted to, to tell you, man, I really love your jacket. My, you know, yeah. like a yep. blazer. And, uh, and I'm like, thank you. And he goes, what is that? And I'm like, well, I mean, actually, it's, uh, it's, it's Italian, but, you know. <laughs> I don't, you know, I'm not walking around telling people that. And he goes, it, it, like, man, you, oh, wow, it is really soft. You don't mind if I, yeah. And I'm like, oh, go, yeah, fill your boots, bud. Um, he's like, yeah, that's a really nice jacket. I'm like, your, your jacket's really nice, too. And he goes, oh, thank you. But not, not, not as nice as yours. You must have spent some money on that jacket. I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, but he, anyway, anyways, yeah. like that, that, what he did there made me made feel, feel nervous good. and made me feel good. And you know what I mean? It was yeah. a very good icebreaker. Yeah. And um, I just honestly thought, well, it is a nice jacket. Like I remember when we bought that jacket yeah. and the guy sold me on it. I was like, oh, it's from Italy and, you know, it's really nice. I'm like, okay, cool. It feels great. And Gabby loved it. Um, and then later on that day, another guy came up to me and I was, you know, introducing myself, shook his hand, everything. He was an ex-basketball player. You know, he, he was almost went pro, yada, yada. He was telling me a story and stuff. And uh, just as we're finishing up, he goes, by the way, I just wanted to point this out. I really like your jacket. And then when it comes twice, it's like, uh, like is something, someone in cahoots here. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Later on that night, a third person said it. I'm like, ah, okay. I've been, I've been played this. Someone clearly went to an event and they were talking about networking and they said, you should always compliment the person's jacket. So here you go. Uh, if I ever compliment your jacket, just know that it's an authentic compliment from me, but it's a very cool trick for an icebreaker is to compliment their shoes or their jackets and just say how nice it is. It's a great way to make someone feel comfortable as it did with me. It'll get them to open up a little bit. It'll kind of make them a little bit nervous. You know, it kind of makes them open, happy, smile, but also at the same time, he had, he, he kind of had, it was, I, I looked, I, I was thankful to him. It, the, the dynamic that it created was that he was almost better than me. You know what I mean? To an extent. I wasn't in control of the, the, the conversation. He was in control of it because he was like, hey, I just wanted to compliment you on your jacket. It looks really good there. And I was like all giddy, you know, oh, thank you. And he's like, oh, oh wow, cool. He's like, oh, you must have spent a lot of money on that. And I'm like, oh, no, not really. <laughs> you know what I mean? As yeah. opposed to me controlling it. It's interesting because I never thought of like as using compliments as an icebreaker because like I've made a conscious um, decision in in my own life that – um, even like with strangers that if I see like somebody wearing something that I love or that like just whatever, like if I see something that I'm just like, oh, wow, that I will go out of my way given the opportunity to let them know because I want to try to make pe people feel good. Like yeah. li life sucks kind of for mm -hmm. the most part. <laughs> like It's hard, right? Yeah. And so if you can, if you can make somebody's day, do it. And um, like e even just like at Costco at the, you know, the people, they check your receipts on the way out. This woman had gorgeous hair, like stunning, long. She had it like the wavy kind of like. And crimp. she was, she was checking off receipts. And she was checking off receipts. And her. I got up to her and I was like, your hair is unbelievable. And she's like, 
thank you. I was like, I just needed to say it. And and that was it. She's like, you have a fantastic day. I'm like, you as well. Were you distracting her in. because you had a bunch of extra items <laughs> in your cart and you didn't want her to check it off? No, but like, I, and so like I make That's a conscious- That's one way to smuggle out a vacuum yeah. cleaner. <laughs> I make a conscious effort to like try to do those things and just try to make people feel good in everyday life. But I never, I never considered using that as- and obviously not un- unauthentically. Like, mm-hmm. don't walk up to someone wearing a shitty jacket and say, oh, I really like your ch- your, your jacket. Like, don't lie. Yeah. <laughs> Find something that you actually like about them. But that's that's interesting. Yeah. I um, And not to say that I use it, but, you know, I, I, I my approach has always been more of a genuine, authentic approach yeah. um, with connecting with people. But, I mean, if you if you got nice shoes, I'm going to let you know. Um, I just don't want people to like to, to meet me for the first time and I tell them they have nice shoes and they're like, oh, yeah, I heard this one before on your podcast, Wayne. You ain't tricking me. Yeah. You ain't getting my money. Just simmer down. It's, 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 it's genuine a compliment. But, you know, for you guys that are, you know, trying to network with others and trying to, you know, make a connection and make that icebreaker, it's it's a really nice little trick mm-hmm. um, to make someone feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, uh so we're right at the one hour mark here. I, I feel like I can continue on with this conversation for another three hours. But it's a great my conversation. But my coffee's empty, my dogs are barking, and you all need to get to work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll wrap it up. Uh, you know, what a what a great Monday podcast. Uh, today's Monday set obviously makes tomorrow, tomorrow Tuesday. Tuesday, and we'll see you then. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.